We're wrapping up the series today. We are super pumped here at Unity Gym because I have none other than Scott Swalwell. He is a results coach. He's a performance coach. He's a mindset coach. He's a motivational coach. And he just kicks ass in pretty much everything he does. So we're going to dive deeper into the execution. And we're going to leave you guys with a series of really good daily rituals, habits, and immediate action points that you can take today. We're going to get right into it in one minute. All right. If this is the first time you've rolled with the Unity Tribe, then allow me to introduce us all. We've got Richard behind the camera. My name is Yanni Bormeister. Together with Rad, my brother, and Richie, we founded Unity Gym and the UMS system. Now, if you want to know how to get uh, superhuman results, how we get superhuman results with our tribe, we give all of our secrets away for free. You can go to www.unitygym.com and download any of our blueprints for flexibility, strength, or nutrition. Uh, now, before we get started, Scott, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you? Hey, good, mate. How are you yeah, doing? Really, really good. Really good. Um, I've been watching from afar your uh, the, the growth of your new YouTube channel. It's very exciting. And uh, I gave you a bit of an introduction earlier on in the week, and I basically uh, said that you gave up a very, very lucrative um, uh, corporate job mm. to then go and start your own e-com business. Mm. Within, I think it was a year or two, uh, you grew it to 1.5 mil in revenue and then exited that business and have started your own performance coaching business. How's it going? Mate, love it. Yeah, it's... Um yeah, it's, it's really aligned to what I'm all about and my values. And really for me, the, it kind of started with wanting to get a lot of the things that I'd overcome out. Yep. That's kind of where the journey had started. Yep. Uh, because I did have a lot of shit that was going on, going back eight, nine, ten years ago that I had to deal with uh, internally, which I didn't have coaches or people to turn to or tools. So I kind of learned that myself just through yep. self-development. So I always had that kind of building on the side, but I felt like I had to get that out. Yep. And that's where it kind of started. I just went live and just kind of spilled spilled the, the beans, so to speak, and yep. what was going on through my head and hope that I can uh, impact people some way or influence or my story can maybe help others. And that's where it started. And yep. then I started a YouTube channel and just started talking on there. And uh, through that, I identified that, uh, yeah, this is what I want to do. Yep. And um, I kept going down that rabbit hole and uh, refining my, I guess, the identity of who I want to be. Yeah. And uh, here I am today, yep. coaching people, yeah, getting and results. I, and and I've, uh, I've heard uh, through the grapevine that you're starting to, um, you know, um, speak to some pretty big clients, potentially for doing like uh, performance coaching for sales teams and things like that. <laughs> Um, that's pretty cool. So is it is is your um, focus more on the everyday person for like mm. a success coaching or uh, do you want to really niche into that performance coaching for sales teams back in the corporate because you've got so much experience there? Yeah, uh, well, it's twofold. So what I love is actually that one-to-one -one element because you can impact uh, someone and I, I, I will always keep that. So the primary focus for me at the moment is uh, I help people who are in that nine to five grind do what they love. Yep. Because there's so many people that are stuck in jobs and just going through the motion and really not thinking about creating a life that would make them happy. That's not aligned to their values and what they, you know, what truly fires them up. Yep. And this is just something that happens so much. You know, people are just rocking up to work and they're hating Mondays and they're, 
you know, just can't wait to get to Friday. Yep. Uh, and I believe that's no way to live. People deserve to create a life, not react to yeah, life. Yeah, that's brilliant. So that's a huge part of, the, it's essentially the backbone of what uh, my clients are and help them see that they can achieve yep. what they want to achieve, remove yep. any roadblocks that are in the way yep. and create a good action plan and system to get it. So that's kind of the, the personal coaching, which I, I, I do. And uh, I will be launching a, a B2B uh, business, which is going to be around mindset habits in the workplace yep. uh, to increase engagement and lift performance. Yeah. Um, so that is coming soon. Yep. Uh, later in the year. It's very interesting, and I didn't set this up. I swear to God, I didn't set this up. But we have um, someone training out in the gym right now who's a, a member and a friend. She does a lot of graphic design for us. And uh, she has launched her own e-commerce business with the support of Scott. And it was only through a friendship connection uh, that I got him to sort of help give her a bit of direction because she was really lost and she wasn't ma- it wasn't a success. And uh, just the other day she came in and she was talking to me how she's, you know, broken um, uh, sales records this month and, and, and she's hit a niche that's really selling and, and she's a mother of two kids and she really had to leave the workforce because she, um, she couldn't work. She couldn't work full-time as a graphic designer anymore. And so she had this vision of starting her own business where she created graphic design pieces, you know, sh- shirt logos and stuff like that and sell it, but she just couldn't get it off the ground. So I connected the two of them, and uh, and she's now starting to crush it. So there you go, mate. You've uh, you've already impacted quite severely one one person's life that I know, and it's really really coincidental that she's here training today. Uh, I didn't set that up at all. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, what we're what we're going to do today, very quickly recap, because I've had a couple of deep conversations with Scotty. Scotty and I have known each other for like. 25 years, I'd say, yeah, Yeah. and uh, and I've he's watched my growth and transformation. I've watched his growth and transformation. So we both know that we've come from very different circumstances and very different scenarios. And if you went back, I think 20 years uh, and looked at what we were getting up to together, uh, you'd probably not uh, believe where we are today. So. Uh, I think it's really, really cool um, that we can sort of have this conversation and go deep on it. Uh, but um, what I wanted to do is re- recap on a few of the things that we've spoken about over the last week already, which is the high-level um, emotional impact of not sort of understanding what's going on and getting this right so that from a practical standpoint, people know why I've been saying do this, do this, do this, and do this, because you have a different take on it. And then I want to leave everyone with some really practical things that they can do. So I thought um, we've had some great questions come in over the last 24 hours, and we're going to get as much of those, through as much of those as possible. I just want to remind everyone, uh, yesterday and the day before, we introduced the concept of a fitness strategy session. And this is just a template to reverse engineer goals. There is a link in the description of this video. You can download that for free and you can use that. It's very specified for fitness, for our, our tribe in the gym. But you can use that. Every Everything is about innovation. So you can take that, rip it off, elaborate on it, and make it more specific to your goals. Uh, what we want to guarantee is that by the end of this session, by the end of this episode, you're going to have a bunch of practical 
practical steps that you can implement as of today that's going to dramatically improve your productivity and how much time you get out of every day. Because Scott's a master of this, and I believe that I'm pretty damn good at it too. Uh, And so between the two of us, I'm pretty sure we can come up with something pretty special. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So first and foremost... Uh, why the hell are people not achieving their goals? Or why do people struggle to achieve their goals? What's happening on a psychological level? Because we've had a couple of really good um, conversations and uh, there's a few elements there that you bring a different perspective. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a big question. But essentially, uh, what, what I kind of do, I've got a, a, a five-step system called a prime, the Prime Method. And within that, the P is, to, is their purpose. And within that is what is their vision? What is, their, what is it that they really want? So some people don't know what that is. So it's helping them work that out. You know, what's, what are they passionate about? What fires them up? Um, so getting clear on that is the first yep. thing. Right? Yep. You need to know what it is that you need to become or where you want to go, what do you want to get to, what fires you up and what excites you. Yep. So you need that first. And once you get that and you get clarity on the result that you want to achieve, you can then start looking at where, which is the R of prime, which is to rewire. Yep. Because you need to be rewiring your thinking. You need to essentially become someone you're not. Well, develop, I guess, or grow from somewhere you are now. Uh, and a lot of people have uh, limiting beliefs. Uh, they don't believe in themselves. There's a lack of confidence. They might have uh, trapped emotions or fear from past events, things that are holding them back. Or it could be values that are conflicting. So yep. We talked about this uh, earlier about an example of someone really wants to start a new business, but they really love their family. And in their head, they think they can't have both at the same time. The business is going to impact family. Yep. So they're never going to take action because you've got these roadblocks. So the R is really about rewiring the thinking and clearing out the roadblocks and getting them aligned to their vision. Yep. Uh, and then you'd move through to, uh, to the I, which is ignite, and that's really igniting the vision with a, a solid system and a plan that's going to get them to that macro goal, that yep. vision. Uh, and it's really the systems that are important to get the result. The goal is just a kind of a goalpost, the where you want to end up, but you yep. need those systems and practices in place. So you need to have a really good uh, system and roadmap. Like if someone's you know, at your gym and they want to achieve a certain result, you have a system of how to do that. There's steps that they take to That's achieve exactly that. Right. And you'd ideally put that in a kind of timeline of these incremental steps. So it could be three, 400 steps to reach it. And what I find that does is um, that it can with my clients they can see that there's a, a visible path to get there so you've cleared the the crap that's in the way in their head you've rewired their thinking and now they've got a clear action plan and then it's just a matter of taking those steps and doing it in a way where it's not too far out of their comfort zone yep. that it's within their belief system because yep. if you give someone a goal that's too much like if you want someone to go squat 200 kilo yeah well they're not going to do that yeah right they're going to be overwhelmed and know that they're not going to be able to do that right yeah. or yeah. go run you know, a marathon. They're not going to be able to do that. They might just need to be buying a pair of shoes to start. (laughs) So you need to kind of have that roadmap. And then the uh, the M is to move, is to take action on the steps uh, and within that have accountability. So you have people that if you go in the gym, you've got accountability, you've got a good tribe here, good community, or you have a friend that you go with, or you have a coach, a mentor, people, someone that's going to hold you accountable. Um, So if you're in a work environment and you've got a manager, ask them to sort of 
help you and coach you, keep you accountable to level yourself up. Yeah. Or if you're doing like what I'm doing, like I keep them accountable to ensure that they're taking action on the steps. And that is how you're going to get to it. And the E, which is to uh, elevate, and really here it's that you've now leveled up. Yep. You've kind of achieved it. Let's examine what you've done, what's worked, what hasn't worked. Look at what we've approved. So you've got a really good assessment of you know, what you've achieved. So that's kind of like the roadmap of a high level of getting someone of through process, to getting yeah. it. Yeah, getting that's result. awesome. I want to dive deeper into the rewiring, the R, mm. because this is an area that I'm very passionate about and something that I know that I had to do to get to where I am right now. Um, and it's something that a lot of people struggle with because mm. they kind of approach it as it being a bit out there, a bit airy-fairy, maybe, you know, and like people don't even understand that you can rewire your thoughts, you know. Yeah. I mean, um, and we spoke about this earlier on before we came live, your, the way you think and your thoughts c completely dictate your actions mm -hmm. and, and then your results and outcomes. And what people don't quite understand is that your thoughts can be chosen. They can mm -hmm. be rewired. You, yeah. can, you can, you know, we are not really um, uh, as free thinking and free spirit as we think. Our thoughts come from somewhere. Yep. They're in influenced by something. Yep. And that something can actually be changed mm -hmm. so that then we start to think another way. So why don't you talk a little bit about your understanding of that and maybe a cup just very quickly. Uh, we won't go too down, too far down into this rabbit hole because it's a big one. Um, uh, one or two things that you use. Because I spoke yesterday about the five things that I use on mm -hmm. a daily basis. Uh, and I'll quickly recap for anyone who missed. It's uh, uh, affirmations, visualization, meditation, gratitude, and diary, uh, diarizing and reflection, and then reading books so that I'm learning constantly about this stuff. Uh, that's my five absolute musts every day. And I said yesterday, if I get three done, I've had a good day. If I get four done, I've had a great day. And if I get five done, I've had a successful day, irrespective of what happens at work, mm -hmm. irrespective of what happens in my relationships. That is my benchmark, you know? And then, of course, I'm aligning all of that and what I'm learning to my work, to my profession, to my tribe, and to my relationships, you know? So what do you do? What do you like to do? Well, um, so pretty much, well, if we're talking routines, I just firstly with the, the rewiring uh, and on the thoughts and the sort of people that are sitting on the fence with it, probably the easiest way to explain it so it's not so rah-rah is that um, everyone has thoughts of, that are disempowering, that are limiting us, uh, definitely. But it's about, the first thing is to be aware of what they are. Because if you think of yourself this way, like how often have you been engrossed in a comedy or a, a TV show, or you, you see someone you know doing it, and they're kind of in a, and, or you see them on the train or something, and they're like, and they're, they're, their face is changing, so they might smile because of what they're watching. That's because it's what they're thinking, right, is, is adjusting their mood. So, 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 the, the, so the thought is it, um, like absolutely evidently uh, producing a physical reaction. Yeah. You know? So it's the feeling. So if you want to be confident, then you can choose just to be confident, right? Uh, there's other things that go into it. But you can make a decision. I'm going to be confident. Uh, and just thinking that is going to naturally make you feel more confident, especially if you keep telling yourself. The only difference between someone that's confident and is not is the fact that they believe that they're confident. Um, and yes, do they mess up and do things wrong do, when they start something new are they good at it no but it's, they're still confident because they're, they're not caring about uh they're not caring about other people's 
opinions of them or if they're going to mess up or anything like that. They just are a confident person because they think that. A good so, example, quickly, very quickly to interrupt you, sorry. A really good example of this, guys, that I've had to defend many times before is a professional fighter. If you see a professional fighter who's really at the top of their game, they are so confident it comes across as arrogance. And often a lot of people in the public and the press really struggle with their character and their personality because they seem so arrogant and full of themselves. But what you got to understand and what I understand is that that's the absolutely essential to convince themselves that they have a chance of winning their next fight. They have to program themselves to really believe it's going to happen. Mm. And the only way they do that is to literally say it over and over again that they're the best, that they're the best in the world, that they're the best at doing, that they're going to kick this person's ass, that no one else comes close to their skill level. And to the average person who doesn't understand this whole wiring process, it comes across as arrogance. Trust me, it's not. It's a process that they have to do to build that confidence. Sorry, yeah. I've interrupted no, you. No, it's fine. And it's, it's really, um, it, I mean, it's used quite often in high performance. So a lot of athletes uh, and, and sports will have coaches, mindset coaches, who train them on this because I'm not neuro, in neuroscience, but the, the general uh, idea of it is that your mind uh, has these neural pathways. And when you have repetitive thought, the mind wants to automate thought and action Yep. So it will uh, produce what's called myelin and it will myelinate these neural pathways to make it a more uh, prominent thought pattern. So when you get better at things, it's because your mind is getting better because you're doing it more often. Yep. Uh, so if it is just on that basis that you want to be thinking in a certain way, you talking in that way and thinking that way is going to make you better. It's going to impact your, yeah. your mood, your feelings, how you take action on things. So the idea of just doing it is going to influence action. And if we're talking about getting results, that's what you want. You want action. Yep. Um, that's a, re that's, that's, um, a really, really important thing. And I, I can't stress this enough. If you're really serious about uh, achieving higher levels of success in your life, rewind what he just said and listen to that over and over again until it sinks in because there is a physical process occurring. We're not talking about imaginary things here. We're talking about actual biology and uh, chemistry. So it's, it, and, and this is where I get, I, I, I often find people trip over. They think that it's just an imaginary thing, you mm. know, this concept of rewiring the brain, but it's not. It's really happening physically and it's very much the same process as we experience in the gym when we're teaching someone how to do a handstand or a new skill. It's the repetition that develops the skill. And it's the repetition that Scott's talking about that develops the skill in thought. That makes mm, yeah. sense. There's a, I'm just trying to think of who said this. Uh, uh, they said the, the, the quote is that your, your mind is a garden, your thoughts are the seeds, uh, and your mind can grow flowers or weeds. I think it was yeah, that's Osh awesome. Osho, I think it was, just remember. I haven't you might, heard that before, might, yeah. Might on that. But essentially what you think, you can grow flowers or you can grow weeds. Now... To extend on that, when you do any kind of work on yourself, you need to rid of the weeds, right? You need yeah. to get rid of the weeds. And so you've got no weeds in your mental garden and you've got these flowers, which still requires maintenance. So you still need to be able to have ongoing work because you need to, things pop up all the time. But I, that really resonated with me when I heard it and it kind of, maybe that will help. 
paint yeah. a, a different picture of how it works. Well, here's the thing, and you know, we're, we're two examples, but it has helped because of, like, I watch out of everyone in our friendship circle, and the cool thing about Scott and I is that we've been friends since high school, and we can see the results that other people have produced and what we've produced, and... Uh, you know, from the outset, everything you touch, and I said this on the show the other day, it's not just your professional life. You're probably, you've got the most stable relationship in, in marriage out of every one of our friends, Thanks, I would say. No, seriously, though, like I'm really close friends with Scott's wife as well. And they have a really, really great relationship. And Scott works insane amount um, to produce the results that he gets but you manage it in all areas of your life You've, he's got two young kids just like me two boys roughly the same age um, and so you're not just successful in business you weren't just successful in sales in corporate you are successful in relationships you're very fit uh, you play high level basketball um, you you know so like and this is what we talked about with our values the other day uh, I drew a value wheel and how you you know you need to make sure that you're achieving success in lots of areas of life, not just finance or not just, you can't sacrifice everything else to get one thing, right? You know, mm. so this stuff works, man. Yeah. Like it's not a fluke, yeah, you know, sure. it really does work. All right. Now I know that we can go down this rabbit hole. Karina's just jumped in and said, uh, first of all, welcome Karina. Um, good to have you on the stream again. Seems obvious, but you become more of whatever you think and do. Absolutely right. And uh, um, for those of you on the podcast listening, I'll continue to read out any engagement or questions. Now, guys, before we go any further, smash that like button if you are getting value out of this conversation. And let us know if this stuff is starting to sink in. I'd love to hear from you guys if you feel I've had a lot of really good comments and I've received some really nice emails from a few people. So it's definitely resonating with some people. But I'd like to know how many of you people are still still rejecting the notion that thoughts can be programmed and uh, and uh, and therefore you know um, heavily can impact success or mediocrity in life I'd love to know what your feelings are on that especially if you disagree I'd love to know what your opinions are you know and just keep smashing that like button remember double tap the dislike button if you don't like what we're doing <laughs> um, the second part of your question uh, in terms of routines like in the morning yep uh for me and um, you probably covered this before it's really what can i do to set up the day because um and i'm not first to say this this is you know many people talk about this but being think of it like being a creator creator of your day creator of your life rather than reacting to everything that's coming at you that's something that i learned and i love that really took on board because uh, so many people wake up in the morning, first thing they do is check their phone, yep. and then they're like checking what messages, uh, checking their Instagram, checking if they've got emails, turning on the TV, watching the news, and they're just in reaction mode to other people's lives. Yep. And that's how you're starting your day, and you're in reaction mode, like things are flying at you. If your life is like that, you need to take control and, and take charge of up here and have routines in place that are going to ensure that you're dictating how you're going to feel, how you're going to act, and how you're going to be that day which ultimately will impact the results, your, the results that you want. Yep. So uh, the first thing, uh, I've kind of tinkered with a few different things, but what I've kind of settled on at the moment is I wake up 5 a.m., I get up, smash some water, then I do meditation. Uh, and once I've done my meditation, I stretch, something that I've been influenced by these guys, uh, trying to get my mobility there. And I'll either do some cardio right then and there, 20 minutes or so, 
Uh, so I just bought, if your money's an excuse, I've got like a $20 rower on Facebook Marketplace. Uh, and so I do that and then I sit down and I write down what I'm going to do that day. So what are three things that I must do that day that I'm happy with that I'm push, moving that needle, that are, that are inputs that are uh, part of my stepping stones to the results that I want. And who, who, how do I want to show up? Um, and that's heavily influenced by, if you guys haven't heard of Brendan Bouchard, um, he's got a high yep. performance uh, yeah, planner as part well. of his book My as well. My dad's like fanboy number one, yeah. Brendan. And <laughs> he's all about priming your day with, uh, he's got a high performance planner, it's pretty good, you check it out. Lots of good questions because uh, it's Tony Robbins that said it's the quality questions yeah. uh, that you're asking yourself. So if you're asking yourself, how can I be my best today? How am I going to show up? Who do I need to be in that meeting that I'm going to go to? Uh, what do I need to do when I walk through that gym door? Yep. What, who, who do I need to be? Do I need to be like fired up? Do I need to be you know, strong? Do I need to be determined? Like, what is it that you need to be? What's your focus? Um, and really kind of like thinking that through and visualizing that. And I then do five minutes or so visualizing my, my future, my vision. Um, and then it's kind of kids. Right. Yeah. And then I smash and, and my on, gym. on that very quickly, um, talk about lifestyle hacking because Scott has set himself up uh, completely 100% at work at home. So you've got a home office, you've got a home gym, mm. and you've got a um, everything you need within reach of where you are. And this is something that I really love about your concept of productivity hacking um, because he's got, as I said, two young kids. So one would be almost five, and uh, one, two, or three. I've uh, got a two and a four, yeah. A two and almost a four, three, yeah. almost yep. five. Yeah, yep. yep. that's right. And so very similar to the ages of my kids, uh, Kobe and Elijah. And you, you know, said to me a while ago that you want to you want to design your life around being there much more with your kids. You mm -hmm. want to be present with your kids. And um, and now looking at what you've done and where you're at, it's like uh, like you know you've completely designed everything to yeah. sort of suit that. You know, which is really really cool. And and, and it is possible. And uh, like I'm not going to talk about what your salaries were and things like that when you were um, working in corporate sales, but. Man, he walked out of a job that most people dream about, you know, yeah. um, uh, the type of money that you were making and stuff like that. So to, to, to like just go, F this, I'm going to design my life around my wants and needs and, uh, and, 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 you know, then take it to a whole new level of success, I just think is so cool, you know. Yeah. And, um, and it's so much, you said before, it's so much built around your values, you know, and, and when we had this conversation a year or so ago, when you were talking about winding up your e-commerce business or exiting your e-commerce business, uh, I was like, hey, holy shit, like at the, the, the rate that this guy grew an e-commerce business to success was phenomenal. It made me jealous. I was like, wow, that's incredible. And then you got there and you're like making all this money and you're like, yeah, but it's not aligned with my values mm. anymore. You know, I really want to do something that's going to leave a legacy, that's going to impact more people positively. And you walked away from that. So it's like, uh, you know, if there's any any um, proof or motivation that people want to get or inspiration that people want to get out of this is that you can absolutely see change, you know, at 40 years old, which is what we're both turning 40 next month or the month after, the month after. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, it's like it's never too late, you know. It's, it's pretty amazing, pretty incredible. Yeah, and, this, and, the, and the, probably the biggest uh, mental argument that people have is that they don't have enough time. 
Uh, and what I see more and more evident when we actually break that down, so if I break that down with a client or just in a general conversation, is that uh, when you actually look at your week, there's a lot of time. And it's either the fact that uh, people aren't doing things efficiently, there's no organisation, or they say they're busy, but when they actually look at it, they're not really busy. Like I was looking at some stats of how much time people spend on social media, on Netflix. Like there's things in your life that uh, are they more important than your happiness and your fulfilment yeah. and the success that you want? And really, when you look at it, there's so many things that you can cut out. Like even little things, like you spend an hour and a half go shopping when you can just order it online. Yeah. Like just look at your life and go, how can I create space for me to work out what makes me happy? What do I really want to do with this life that I want to create? Yeah. And, and it's not just a, it's selfishly for yourself. It's about who you can impact. Like yeah, that's exactly You can right. leverage your family, you, you, you know, your, your kids, because if you, want to, if you show them that there's a way of living, that you can be the best you, that you can create your life, you're influencing their behavior. Uh, if you are eating well and decide that to focus on the other areas of life, like your fitness, your exercise, um, you're essentially breeding habits for them. Plus, you're going to live longer so you can enjoy more of your life Absolutely. with them. So in the way how I view it, I'm not saying this is how you necessarily may view it, but for me, now that I've kind of gone down that and really formed this mindset, I uh, feel almost selfish if I don't uh, focus on things that are optimising my life because I know the impact that it's having on my family and extend that now to what I'm trying to do is reach you know, much more of a larger audience to see if I can positively impact them as well. Yep, the community, absolutely. Yeah. And it comes down to the, like, this one thing that I really believe, and a mentor once said this to me, you know, if you're not living your purpose, you tend to use things like social media, Netflix, to check out of your reality. Mm. When you live your purpose, you want to do everything possible to stay checked in. Because everything that you do is fulfilling your, what you know what you are here to do, and and it aligns with your uh, values and things like that, you know. And so, I think that that's a really really important thing to um, to to say. Like, if you love Netflix and uh, and an hour or two of uh, of of that every day, then there is a chance that the reason why you love it is being influenced by the fact that you don't love the everything else that you're doing, you know? And so those things, like people say, oh, I don't think I could give up that unwind time. And I get that. I understand mm. that. But the thing is, what I've found is when you're living your purpose, when you're living on purpose, you don't need to unwind from it. Well, a lot of time people are using this escapism from the life that they don't like because they're in reactive mode and they haven't actually sat down and worked out what they want. Yeah, that's so exactly right. You need, you know, and it's cool, man. Like I, yes, I know how addictive Netflix is. I've been <laughs> caught before. Yeah. Uh, and hey, look, we've, we've all binged watched <laughs> yeah. what we like, you know, and things like that. And I'm not for one moment suggesting that you, you, you give up those, those little perks of life. But what I want to make a point of doing is that when you get to a level where you are living on purpose, you don't have to check out from it anymore. So now for me, it's yeah, like... It becomes a choice. That yeah, that's right. I watch uh, news because I like to know what could impact the markets that I'm invested in uh, for half an hour every day. That's it, you know. And then on the weekend, I feel compelled to play. Like, I still love playing video games from time to time, and I still love... Uh, watching a good movie or a good documentary and then I use my weekend time for that you know but during the week it's I'm like so compelled to stay on focus and stay on uh, on on purpose 
because there's just so much to get done and I don't need to check out. Like it's hard for me to take time to eat for God's sake. Yeah. That's why intermittent fasting has become so enabling for me because I just eat far less because that was a, a problem where I had to check out from being on point and being on purpose. Now, let's get into very quickly before we get into our favorite ways to, to make the most out of the day, which we've sort of tipped on the mindset stuff already. Just want to quickly jump into uh, a lot of the engagement we've had here. Karina uh, has also said, as surely as an abandoned home is slowly taken over by invasive forms that have nothing to do with its original purpose for being built, so too does the unattended mind become a house of can't. I think that says, continued. Is that what I've, I've missed there? That's a very, very good point and a nice way of putting it. Um, Karina, bioxide. Similar to that, if you want to make change, change the process, change the outcome. Doing three same thing will only, doing the same thing will only have the same results. Absolutely true. Yeah, uh, you always have to, uh, you need to grow into, because if you want to be, uh, you want to become a totally be, different person. Yeah, if you want to be a millionaire, I'm just using this as an example, then you need to, you're not going to get it by doing what you're doing now because you're not a millionaire. So you need to have habits of what it would be like when you're a millionaire. Like, yeah. what are they doing that you can uh, that you can copy, uh, put into your life that you can adjust your habits? Like, it, that's why it's so good with what you've gone through this week is looking at the the macro and the vision <coughs> so you can kind of reverse engineer those steps and work out uh, the, getting rid of the roadblocks and then kind of walk in that path because you can kind of see what you need to kind of do more of and do less of, and what do you need to actually learn? Like what habits do you need to build into your life? What morning routines do you have? Um, because if you don't uh, adjust your identity, then you're gonna be the same. Like you, you're gonna absolutely. be what you're always doing, essentially. Yeah, absolutely, and this is something that we talk about so much in the gym here. You gotta become the person that you wanna be now. Like you gotta start thinking mm. and behaving like that person because it's those thoughts and then those actions that lead to the result. And a lot of people struggle with that, you know? And that, that's why I always say, I, I try to avoid going down the nutrition path with people as much as possible because there is so much psychology attached to nutrition, the way people eat and their dogmas around food and food behavior that it's a big kettle of fish and and if you're not willing to first start with you know what's going on between your ears the psychology around nutrition your relationship with food most of the time you won't follow through with the changes that we try to work on uh, as well and that goes for everything all of this stuff you know all right so productivity hacks this is the part of the uh, conversation that I'm the most excited about because I'm genuinely interested to hear your thoughts so let's go and share uh, Al, uh, let's try and keep it to like five favorite things that we have implemented um, that have completely revolutionized uh, my, our, our productivity uh, on a day-to-day basis. So we'll go one for one. Uh, uh, my first one is to time block my diary in uh, as small as 15-minute blocks. But for anything that is considered a project, uh, I call it a priority task or a project, gets a 90-minute block in my diary. And that has come from research 
on our energy cycles and our energy rhythms going in 90 minute cycles, very much aligned to our sleep cycles. Our sleep cycles are 90 minute cycles from start to finish, uh, where we go through about three or four different phases of sleep. And there's a, a, a fair bit of good research to indicate that the same thing happens with our energy cycles. So <clears> you go, you have ebbs and flows of natural energy and productivity. Mm. And if you can align your priority tasks to that, then you'll find that you'll get a lot more done in those times. So my calendar is time blocked 24 hours. It is literally time blocked. The only part of my calendar that isn't blocked out is Sunday from 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. I leave that completely open to the, the, the ebbs and flows of my family and what we want uh, and the natural vicissitudes of life. Mm. Uh, but even Saturday, I've got blocked in, catch up with family for this two hours here. So I go and catch up with my dad for coffee. Uh, from the very start of my morning, it's time blocked, even my 15 minute shower, uh, sorry, my, my, co my cold shower and, and bathroom routine is blocked in for 15 minutes and my sleep is blocked in, nine hours on the pillow every night. Um, what's your first productivity hack? Uh, that's, a, that's a big one for me as well. I think- um, Are you can agree, you, can, you uh, can double up and go deeper on why you think it is uh, yeah. a good one too. You outlined it pretty, pretty well, but yeah, just um, I think planning, just planning is, is super important um, for you to be productive because then you haven't got things kind of all over the place. You know where everything is. Time blocking is really good. Um, let me think of it how we can... Yeah, so what I do when I do time block in the moment, so I've got my plan like you. I've kind of got them scheduled in. I have a little bit more flexibility during the day if some people book in coaching calls. So I kind of have like a, a block of, say, six hours which has things that I do within that time, but I can flexibly manoeuvre those if I have someone who want, needs to talk to me, the yeah. coaching. But it's kind of works in my in how I do it. I know yeah. what I'm, it, point is I'm planning it. Now, when I'm actually doing activities, I uh, remove distractions. This is a big one. And I put, set a timer on my phone and I put it on the other side of the room. And I time it, I time the, the block of time. So I do 50 minutes. I might take you up on the hour and a half now that you're going into the... The science behind talk, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, science behind it. So I'll, I give do, you, I'll give you a good book to read. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, I do it in that kind of in that block and I set an intention of what I want to do in that time. Okay, sometimes it's actually... It can be less if it's a smaller task, but the point is I set an intention. What am I doing in this, in this space of time? Yep. And I just find that really helps with the focus uh, and then as soon as I finish the task, I get up, I move around for a bit, go grab some water, whatever it is, come back, and then I look at what's next, and then bang, set the timer, put it on the other side of the room. Because, uh, you know, I'm human, and if I have my phone there, then, you know, I'll be like, oh, you know, just it's just there. Right? Even if I'm not checking, I, it's like, I want to check it. Right? Yeah. It's so addictive. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So being human, I need to, like, I'm not, <coughs> I'm not a, this perfect human. I just have to have these things in place to ensure that I'm productive. So phone on the other side of the room, set a timer, I find that works. Brilliant. We've got, uh, Karina's asked a good question very specific to this uh, that we can answer really easily, which is what time are you awake in the morning to begin your morning routine? So Scotty said 5 a.m. 
um, yep. just before. I'm usually 5 a.m. as well. Sometimes it's 4.30, Karina, but uh, it really depends what I've got on. But my regular alarm is set to 5 a.m. And surprisingly, because I've been doing it for so long, I usually wake up at 10 to 5. Mm, uh, and, and then I'm up. And the first thing I do in the morning, which is very similar to Scott, which we didn't even talk about before, is I drink, uh, I have a 750ml bottle of water uh, next to my bed. And I aim to have finished that by the time I leave the house, uh, only, you know, uh, about half hour, 40 minutes later. And the first thing I do is scull about half of that. And that just immediately switches on my entire digestive system. It switches on and that, and then energy comes from that. So it wakes me up. And then I walk straight into the bathroom, do my morning routine, teeth, toilet, and ice cold shower for 90 seconds. And then I'm out doing my meditation, my visualization, my affirmations. And then uh, on the way to work, I always listen to an audio book or a podcast, something that I'm working on, becoming mm. better at. So it might be um, work, uh, business related, or it might be, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, investing related, financial related, or relationship related, becoming a better rela uh, a parent or lover in my relationship. So that's my little morning routine. And then I, of course, exercise when I get to work. Um, and exercise is a huge part of my daily routine. Uh, and it's one of my success habits. But it's not something I included yesterday because I just wanted to give five and keep it super simple. Um, yeah, and I think time can depend on, on your lifestyle. Like, I've just designed it how it's going to fit in with my current lifestyle. I've done the 4 a.m. before. I've done the 4.30. You even uh, said to me at one stage you were going 3.30. Well, I tested something that I heard from um, Tom Bilyeu, Impact Theory. And he said he just, he just um, I've tinkered with quite a few things because I wanted to see what works for me. Uh, and he said he's in bed before, I think it's 9 p.m. And he just wakes up when he wakes up, like naturally he just wakes yeah. up. But he, so he doesn't set a wake up time, he sets up a bedtime. So yeah, yeah, I'll try that. So I, I set the thing and I'm, I'm not going to check my clock. Yep. If I feel fired up and awake, great. And at that time I was doing like straight away hit the gym like at home. Yep. So I got up and I was like, jumped out of bed. This was the first night. Yep. I went, bing! Out of bed, and then I go go down, do the thing, get the water, went downstairs, started working out, finished my workout. And I looked at the clock, and it was two thirty in the morning. So I've done a, <laughs> <laughs> I did a one hour workout. So I got up at one thirty a.m. I'm like, uh, I'll give this a couple more goes, and I'll like, no, I'll revert back to, <laughs> I'll revert back to waking up. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you might be one of those people that only genetically need three hours sleep. There's like one in ninety six thousand people, or something like that. that I definitely need more than it. that, but uh, it was just it was, I thought, no, nah, this is uh, yeah, this yeah. is ridiculous. Rad and I have done the same thing. We've experimented with sleep, but then I read why we sleep, which had a major impact on my time frame and thought process around sleep, which is also where you get that energy. Mm. Uh, uh, it's a fantastic book. And um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of research indicating that a lot of the world's problems come from sleep deprivation. And sleep's another one, like, uh, which is a productivity yeah. tip as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sleep is, uh, you've got to get your sleep right. So, you know, work out what works for you. For me, my kids are up at 6, 6.30. So I've had to fit it around. So I've got my morning routine that uh, it just works well for me. I get up at five. I can get what I need to get done, and then I'm all in with the kids, get them ready. My wife's at the gym already, so she's at the gym. I get up and do the kids' stuff, and then we take. I drop everyone off, so I drop them at daycare, at school, and then wife at, um, to go to work, and then I hit the gym. And then when I hit the gym, I'm listening to a podcast or what. So when I'm at the gym, I'll do say my my weights workout, um, or if I didn't do any cardio before, I'll do a bit of cardio then. 
and um, and then I'll listen to to that. So that works for my lifestyle, but it's I think it's whatever works for you. I just like getting up before everyone's up because there's something about the morning where yeah, you're, you're connected to yourself and your inner world and. It's the easiest point. It's it's the easiest time to have absolute control over everything that's happening in your life. And also, there's a lot of proof to indicate that for the first 15 to 20 minutes after you wake your body up, which might take a shower or a cold shower or a little bit of meditation, your brain is operating at the highest frequency it's going to operate on for the entire day because it's Mm. the most rested. So whatever influences you for that first sort of half hour block once you've woken up will have the most profound impact. Mm -hmm. So that's the best time to do affirmations. It's the best time to do visualization. It's the best time to listen to something that's going to, you know, help to program you. And, um, and that's a really big one. So, so far we've had time blocking, we've had planning, which is absolutely critical. And that's something that very much aligns with the time block. Uh, I have a schedule every week that I do on Friday afternoon that completely sets the intention for the following week and what I want or expect to get done or have done by that week. And I may or may not, but it just keeps a rolling. um, And that's aligned to our annual plan, quarterly plans, everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we've got uh, time blocking and planning, which really are inter- intertwined. And then we've got removal of distractions, which is critical. And I'll go a little bit further on that one now. So every single notification on my phone is switched off. I don't even allow, uh, it, it, with the exception of phone calls, the phone rings if mm. someone needs to call me. Uh, I've got an autoresponder, uh, a Tim Ferriss autoresponder from the four-hour work week telling people that I only check my emails twice a day and I stick to that because the whole thing that has to happen after you set a plan and then time block your calendar to align with that plan is that you've got to protect those time blocks, yeah. you know. So if you're getting pings all the time and <coughs> it's funny because... I've had Phil, since Rad's been away, Phil's sort of um, been working next to me in our office, in our studio here, and he doesn't do this yet, and it's something I'm working on with him, which is turning off his notifications, and when I, you know, I'm sitting there talking, and he's got these pings, pings, pings going, like, constantly, and I'm like, fucking hell, turn that shit off, Um, and he said, look, I can't, because if someone messages me about a consultation, a massage or a physio consultation, I need to know straight away so that I can check if I'm available or something, you know, or if someone fills out a, uh, like, you know, um, books themselves in on my website, it pings me to let me know so I know that they're coming, you know. And I said to him, could you not um, set an alarm for that at the end of every hour or yeah, something? Just block it in and then, and then he out. said, well, then that's just going to become a distraction. And I re- retorted by saying, yes, but it's a controlled distraction. Yeah. So you're now taking back compromise. power. You know, it, it, it's a compromise. And he sort of sat there and said, yeah, you're right. You know, because at the moment, these pings and notifications coming through, yes, they're important for Phil, but. They're completely out of his control. Mm. And every time he goes to sit down and get something done and starts to get into flow, when that phone goes off, it breaks his flow. And flow is proven to take a minimum of 20 minutes up to 40 minutes to establish. Mm. So even once you time block 90 minutes to work on a project, the reality is that unless you're a master of getting your brain into flow, which is where all other thoughts subside and you're 100% focused on that project, it usually takes a minimum of 20 minutes to get there so at the best out of that 90 minute block you've only got 70 minutes of actual productive time if no notifications interrupt you i think a justification for the argument for phil is that it depends what you're doing in that 
blocked out time because that is still serving people. And you can better serve if you're more focused on what you're doing. You can put out more, you can do more inputs, you can put out more energy towards those things, get more things done. For me, serve more people, uh, put more content out, um, work on myself. And all these things in the funnel, like in the long term, are going to be serving more people. But I still need to be fair if a client does call me. So yeah, I think that works great and having committing to a time that you're going to work and then, okay, when I finish this time block, I'll, yeah, when I stretch my legs, get up, move around, I'm also just check, just double check, make sure there's anything, ur- if there's yeah. anything urgent and then deal with it then. But I think that's a good compromise without, yeah. Um, yeah. where you're being fair Absolutely. to yourself because, yeah, you really got to, um, you've got to kind of cater to yep. the different parts that make up what you're doing. And and, and, and what your, your um, uh, demands are on your life, your job, yeah. whatever else, you know. And I, I try to um, block 15 minutes between my priority blocks so that I've got a little bit of transition time where I can go have a glass of water, do some stretching. Uh, so I, often I'll have a protein shake if I'm in my uh, refuel eight hours, eight hour window every day. And, um, and so, yeah, that, that sort of goes in. Now, what else did we just talk about, about uh, sleep? Uh, sleep was the fourth principle or, 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 or habit or ritual that we believe has a heavy impact on your uh, productivity every day. And that is absolutely true. And uh, guys, I spent, um, I spent about, uh, I don't know, maybe five years experimenting with sleep. And because, and I've spoken about this publicly before, because I have battled depression in the past, what I found was the main trigger to my depression was sleep deprivation. And, uh, well, you know, it's, it makes sense because when I suffered it the first time quite severely, which was in the end of my teenage years and into the start of my 20s, I was partying like a maniac most of the time with Scott. Uh, and that meant having a lot of late nights and, um, and being out until the early hours of the morning and really affecting my sleep cycles, you know. Of course, when you're young, you don't think about the impact that's having on a biological and physiological level because you're just out to have fun. But that's when I suffered some of the worst depression of my life, you know. And then when I got uh, on top of that and as I grew a bit more mature, I started to prioritise, you know, um, not doing those things. And, um, and then uh, since in the last decade, I've put a lot of study into how sleep impacts you and now it's a priority for me. And I didn't even really classify it as a productivity hack until you just said it, but it makes so much sense. Because anything that's getting in the way of taking action and when you don't sleep, for me, I can only speak from personal experience because I'm not you know, a specialist in that area, but I know something similar like in my late uh, 20s, I just got hit sideways with side on with, you know, anxiety, overwhelm, stressing out, like really just debilitating, losing control of what was going on in my mind. And, um, and I tried to deal with that internally for a couple of years without saying anything. Uh, and I didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't know how to deal with it. I was just like, you know, people out there, they know, like it just manifests and it grows and grows and you're in your head, you're stuck inside your head, basically. Um, and uh, I, I believe, I believe, because I remember you talking to me about this. I believe that was the onset of a midlife crisis. I think that's what yeah. happens to people when you get to that age around thirty years old, where you start to thirty mid thirties. 
yeah, you start to just lose control of, and it, it can manifest in all sorts of different ways. And sometimes it takes rock bottom to spur action and change. Uh, almost it's, I'm looking back on reflection, happy that that happened rather than just being in a manage, manageable state. Because I think maybe if I was in a manageable state, I would have kept on going. Yeah. Because it was so dire and uh, the situation was, you know, desperate. Yep. It, it uh, really influenced change. And um, sleep was a huge factor. Change in lifestyle. The next one, which I'll throw in there, which is uh, is is your lifestyle habits. So food and uh, and activity, the exercise. I had to adjust those things, which increased uh, productivity for sure. Yep. You'll be able to speak more of this. Yep. But exercise, diet, uh, you know, removing things that are going to impact you from taking action. Um, feeling good, feeling healthy, waking up energized. For me, I have to remove coffee. Yeah. Uh, because it has a negative effect on me. I didn't know that. So I had to kind of look at what is it in my diet that is impacting me. And even if it's a, like a mental thing where it's like making me agitated, I can't think properly, uh, it might be good for a bit and then I'm duh, really tired. I have to, you know, I had to make those adjustments and that has a direct correlation to the productivity. It, it's, a, it's, a common, it's a commonality that I've seen a, a trend in high performers people who, uh, you know, they're thinking at, at a high performance level. Because my previous mentor, Kerwin Ray, said the same thing about coffee. He said, I can, I, if I have a coffee, my brain just goes onto overdrive and I can't actually get anything done. I become mm. unproductive. And I remember you saying that too. You were like, no, nope, I can't do coffee anymore. Caffeine just sends me off. And, uh, and uh, I was quite interested. And it's something that I want to, I want to, probably get to a stage two it's probably my last addiction that i need to conquer mm. is coffee uh caffeine i just i drink coffee all day long it's uh it's pathetic and it's for it's someone different who's for everyone you know but yeah but it certainly affects my sleep you okay. know i definitely believe that i am impacting because the times that i've gone without caffeine to do some form of a detox of my addiction uh then i sleep so much better after that mm. initial week you know where you're getting over the addiction of the caffeine yeah it, it's yeah, definitely worth doing that you know? week is uh you know it's funny because you know I don't drink I drink very occasionally and um, you know I don't really have poor diets although Christmas was a bit of a, you know, a cut loose um, but um, yeah it's funny because coffee caffeine was the hardest thing to stop yeah and I still dream of coffee <laughs> right, like, it's because it's, it's everywhere. You can't see, walk around yeah. the corner in North Sydney Australia's past the cafe, cafe just without. Yeah, that's exactly right. Is that going to reach? Yeah, yeah. Richie's going to uh, teach the class, but I'm really enjoying this conversation, guys. I hope you are. If you are, smash the like button um, because we're going to continue. We're going to. I'm going to bring the controls down here so we can keep going. Because while I've got Scott here, I want to make the most of it. Uh, what's your time frame like, mate? Are you? Uh, am I allowed to keep you here for another ten or fifteen? Oh, well, I've got to catch a putt now. <laughs> what do you guys think? Hit the like button. Do we want to keep the discussion going? Now, very quickly, um, uh, we've had a, a few more from uh, um, Bioxid. Can definitely agree about the thought that your brain is at its best first thing in the morning. Many times I've solved work problems whilst in my morning shower. Absolutely, brother. I have... Man, overnight too. I've had two nights recently where I've almost rewritten out a complete, uh, excuse me, procedures manual here at work and completely redesigned elements of our program and workout, which we of course haven't implemented yet, but I'll be me me meeting with Rad and Richard on Monday about it. And I started to talk to Richard about it. 
often I get bombarded with thought um, uh, early hours of the morning and that'll draw me out of bed at like um, three o'clock in the morning where I'm just like, okay, I've got to start getting this stuff down. And uh, first thing in the morning, that's when my brain is just like, bang, fired. So I like to start work two hours before anyone else can impact my life because that two hour block is where I get my biggest innovative thought. Mm. Um, and that's where I get some of the best ideas that we've implemented from Unity Gym have come between the hours of three and five in the morning, you know. Um, Blakely's just joined. Blakely. Blakely's one of our, uh, uh, our admins for our online coaching program over in America. Uh, I hate the, world, uh, the word addiction. It's almost meaningless and totally disempowering. Hab uh, habituated describes the mechanism so much better. That's very true. I haven't actually thought about that before. Love the talk, boys. Thank you very much, Blakely. And it's always a pleasure to have you on the live stream. I know that it's not easy for you guys over the other side of the world. Hannah has said, look at what... Uh, I've got a mouse over there. Uh, look at what Jason Christoph says about coffee. Okay, I will. Will do. Um, and Karina, oh, she's a, no, that's an old one. All right, cool. So let's continue on with our productivity hacks because these are absolute gold. And guys, um, you know, if you can implement one or two of these things, uh, you'll, it'll impact your life um, exponentially, you know. So uh, what did we finish on just now? We finished exercise on diet. exercise and diet having an impact on energy and also thoughts, man. Oh, my God. I don't know if you guys have ever, I'm sure you have, had a pizza night or something that's outside of your usual routine. So one, every once in a while, I'll have a burger binge or a pizza binge at night. And the next day, my thoughts are completely disempowering. You know, I'm thinking about guilt. I'm thinking about why I made myself feel eat, sick by eating so much stuff. It's the same with drinking alcohol and doing things like that. You know, the stuff that you put through your body has a major impact on your energy levels and your thoughts, feelings, emotions, urges. The other thing on a biological level is it's affecting your gut microbiome. And we only are scraping the tip of the iceberg on the gut microbiome and how much it affects our thoughts. But what we do know, and really cool, is that a lot of the research is going on at Sydney University here in Australia. Um, and uh, they're, they're discovering that it has a direct direct impact on thoughts. So the food, and the cool thing is you can change your gut microbiome by what you put in your body, the food that you eat and what and the, and the fluids that you drink, you know. So what Scott said there about exercise and food, yes, on face value, of course it impacts our health and it impacts our energy levels, but on a macro level, much higher, it's, pro, it's, it's, it's cultivating or um, affecting your gut microbiome, which we now know has a direct link to thoughts. Mm. So that's a really, really good one. Um, okay, what is my next uh, productivity hack? Uh, I think email. Email has become a massive, massive distraction. Mm. It's, a, it's, it's used by most people as task abdication not or responsibility abdication. It's not anymore a productivity tool. That's a big word, mate. It is. That's <laughs> right. Well, how often do you CC someone in an email thread or communication that doesn't really need to be CC'd into that, but you're doing it because you just want someone else thinking about that in case you forget? 
You know, I've been I've been uh, at fault of doing that in the past where I'm liaising with a, a designer or a web designer or on a project that I'm responsible for, but I'll CC Rad there just so he can see the conversation just in case there's something I've missed. And then I've just absolutely wasted his time because now he feels obliged to comment or engage in that project and he really didn't need to be involved in it, you know. And so I realized very quickly that email was a big problem for me, that, uh, that I needed to take control of my email inbox again. And so what I did was one year after working with my mentor, again, it was Kerwin Ray who, who pushed me to do this. I had about, at the time, probably over 2,000 emails in my inbox. And I had no no organizational structure, so I created what's called or referred to as the zero inbox method, where I broke my email inbox into four categories, priority, action, review, and archive. And every single email at the end of every day has to be filed into one of those boxes. Priority is something that needs to be dealt with immediately and has to have an outcome within 24 hours. Action, has to be dealt with and, and have an outcome every seven days. So by Friday afternoon, my action email box needs to have been actioned. Then review is something that I just need to have close by that I might need to review in the next sort of month, you know? And then archive is for everything else. And so every single day by close of business, by for me it's about five o'clock, uh, everything has to have been filed and dealt with. So by five o'clock my inbox has zero emails. So the next day I'm starting afresh because what you don't understand is that the moment you open your inbox, every email you see has A, a visceral impact on you. So if it's a stressful project or thing that you're dealing with, a bill, it might be an electricity bill or a, a late payment notification or it might be someone having a dig at you for, for something that you've done, a complaint. Uh, it's going to have an impact on you viscerally. It will affect your stress levels and it'll affect your biology. Second, it has the impact of distracting you. You come in with a plan and you've time blocked your diary and you've put all this effort into setting yourself up for wins and then you open your freaking inbox and all of a sudden you get bombarded with, you become reactional like you said before. You're reacting to what's in your inbox, you're no longer um, controlling the outcome of your day. And so what I do is having that zero inbox method at play constantly, 24-7, Part of my process in a day is to get the inbox empty. And then uh, I have two times a day specified in my calendar, time blocked in my calendar that I'm allowed to check my emails. 12.30, so I get the whole morning and my most productive period of time is not interrupted by email. And then again at 5.30 in the evening, which usually happens on the way home from work now, uh, I open my email up and clean it up and file everything where it needs to be That's for awesome. the next day. And that has been revolutionary for me. It, it, it completely changed my life. Now, there are going to be many people in your circle that become very frustrated by getting a ping every time they send you an email saying, hey, to improve my productivity and give more back to my tribe so I can get more done uh, and, and, and furnish my legacy or achieve my legacy, I only check my emails twice a day at this time. If this matter is absolutely urgent, call me on this number, but if it isn't urgent, you will have lost a friend or colleague. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Be brutal, man. Obviously, you, obviously, the, some like if you're working for someone, you, you you might not be able to do that, but you can take the concept of just organising yourself or probably a big. I mean, this is an area I need to probably work on a bit more, but uh, even things like unsubscribing. Yeah. You just made me think then, like I am subscribed to things that kind of just pop up, which I don't. They're not really. They're no longer serving me. Yep. Um. So just a little bit of clean out. Anything that's <laughs> going to save you time and attention. Yeah, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll, I'll leave you with how to implement that. And this is the biggest part. This is the scariest part. You set those folders up and then you delete every single email in your inbox. And that's scary as F to do. It is like, oh my God, there's so much in here that I think I need. Here's the secret. If it was important, it will be resent to you. I guarantee you, if there was something in there that you didn't action that was absolutely important or critical, that person is going to send you an email going, hey, how come you didn't respond to my email? Or how come you didn't follow through with this? Or the deadline's getting closer. What are you doing? You know, And that took me about a weekend. It took me two days to go through because I had thousands. And in Google uh, Gmail, you can only delete 50 at a time. And so I was just like, ping, delete ping, delete, going through pages and pages until I got all 2000 and, and so on. And then from there, what I've gone as to take it one step further is to create filters through my email that helps to distribute things to the right folder. So it's about, you know, once you get it to that point where it's organized, then you got to go to the next level, which is automation. And, uh, and that really, really helps. So anything that's, that's um, you know, quite a common email that comes through gets filtered straight to the right appropriate folder. Um, uh, and that man, that changed my life. That changed my life. And it's funny, you know what happened? Less people started emailing me, <laughs> which is really, really good. You know, they email, they bother Richard or someone else in the business, you know. Nice. <laughs> it's all about lifestyle, lifestyle design, guys. Okay, have you got one more to share? Uh, yeah, just sort of a good one um, by uh, uh, a book by Mel Robbins, The Five Second Rule. Yep. Um, this is great. It's something oh, I've only implemented yeah. recently. And this is more uh, to do anything. Yep. But she developed it uh, when she, to get out of bed. Uh, so obviously you can do things like put your phone on the other side of the room, set an alarm. But this is to, in her book she, did, she explains when she researched um, this and studied it, uh, they, your brain has like a, a space of time to, before it kind of starts convincing you otherwise. So you count down from five, so you just go five, four, three, two, one, and you get up. Or five, four, three, two, one, cold shower. Or yeah. five, four, three, two, one, put my gym shoes on. Five, well, anything that's kind of challenging you to take action. Yep before your brain can start going, ah, oh, no, don't do that. No, don't. Yep. Stay in bed. I'll just do it tomorrow. Yep. Or, you know, what are you talking about? Cold shower? Are you crazy? <laughs> yep. Or whatever. Make that phone call. So you're sitting there, you need to make a, that phone call, and you're kind of nervous about making the phone call. Five, four, three, two, one, bang. Yep. And uh, it sounds strange, but give it a go, because this is something that I've implemented you know, more recently over the last year or so, and it actually works. Not once have I not done something after counting yeah, that's cool. down. Uh, so that's... That's a goodie. That's yeah. one that I'd say try yeah. straight away. Yeah. Anything today, like just try it on any task that you kind of don't really want to do. 
and you'll do it. Yeah, that's really, really cool. That's really, really cool. All right, guys, look, uh, it looks like we may be losing our audience, so we want to bring this in for a landing. We've been going for about an hour, I think. Oh, we've been going for an hour and 10 minutes, an hour and 11 minutes. So quickly, Karina McCormack has asked, any addiction, anything which cause us to be dependent on something or someone else for decisions our, um, or resources we could provide for ourselves weakens us. We become a victim, dependent, disempowered. Absolutely agree. Now, guys, I've had a lot of people ask in the, in the comments and questions overnight for a couple of things. One, a few of the exercises that I, uh, that I, t that I mentioned that I have used to uh, disassociate from um, thoughts, feelings, and emotions and urges. And also uh, to, for us to share a couple of our favorite books on these topics. So I think maybe I'll very quickly um, uh, go through a couple of the exercises that I've uh, learned to use. And just like meditation, these require a lot of practice. And these all come from a book called, so I'm killing two birds here. They all come from a book called The Happiness Trap, which is a fantastic book. Uh, I think no it's at home um uh it's a very 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 powerful book it's um uh actually all of these come from two books the heart math solution and the happiness trap now the first thing that we need to do because thoughts are often disempowering and we don't want to dis disassociate from every thought because there are a lot of empowering thoughts, you know, but what we want to do is be able to disassociate and, and in the book, The Happiness Trap, um, it's, it's referred to as cognitive fusion when we're fused to our thoughts, feelings, emotions and urges and we actually allow them to become who we are, they, they, they become our action and, they, and then they really affect our actions. Um, so the first thing to do is to actually acknowledge the power of a thought. The worst thing you can possibly do is try to suppress them or run from them because they tend to build power. They act, they're, they're like a, uh, an avalanche and if you don't get out of the way of them, if you don't um, acknowledge that they're there, fuck, there's an avalanche coming and it's going to wipe me out, I'm going to get out of its path, uh, by doing something, then uh, it becomes very powerful and wipes you out. So that's the very first step. The second step is a form of almost a form of meditation where it's, it's, it's referred to as giving, if it's a feeling, if the thought is having a physical visceral reaction, which they have the power to do, because remember thoughts on a biological level are producing chemicals in the brain, which then can affect the muscle systems in your body. So we feel them physically. And so that's how they can become incredibly uh, stifling. They can become um, uh, crippling in ways, you know. Anxiety can affect your breathing. It can affect your brain. It, it can affect all these different things. When we, uh, when we produce a lot of adrenaline, which is a reaction to these feelings, our IQ is lowered. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff that happens when we become stressed out. So thoughts are very real. They're very empowering. So one of the um, processes that I've learned to use from this book, The Happiness Trap, is that you acknowledge the thought and you close your eyes and meditate on the, uh, uh, the feelings that are coming up from that and give them a shape, give them a form to help you visualize and acknowledge that they're there. And then imagine yourself, your body. So let's say the feeling feels like something in your chest that's, you know, hard and it's, um, it's uh, it, it, you know, really, really 
go deep on what does it look like? Is it spiky? What's the surface look like? What's the shape of this feeling that you're feeling in your chest? And then visualize, meditate on giving it space. So expanding the rest of your body around it so that it's got space to be there and it's got space to do its thing without actually touching you, without impacting you. Because the thought is real, the feeling is real that's coming from it. And if you try to suppress it, it doesn't work. You need to give it space to emanate and space to expire. If it's just a thought, a really cool trick that one of these um, uh, psychologists uh, talk about in the book is to actually uh, play that thought out in different formats. And the first example they give you is to choose the voice of an, a, a star, a movie star that you really like. For me, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then I say the thought out in my mind in his voice. So it could be a comedian, it could be a famous actor, it could be something. So if it's like, I'm feeling the thought of uh, self-sabotage or negative negativity around this thing, you know, you sort of say the thought in the voice of this person that you're thinking and most of the time it'll make you laugh and the, the laughter and the happiness that you get from that will immediately dissipate the thought. Yeah, You'll start to realize how silly it is. You yeah. disassociate from it. It's not something that has to, demands an action from you. It, it can, they, the thoughts come and go, let them pass, uh, acknowledge them, humorize them, and then let them go. You know, that's a very, very powerful thing. The other method is to sing the thought. Sing it with a melody, you know, choose a melody that you know really well. It could be Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, something really silly. And say, I'm having, you know, sing it to the melody and then it very much becomes silly all of a sudden and you start to go, wow, that's, uh, that's not something that I'm going to sit on and dwell on and, and, and do that. So there's three uh, very, very simple things. Now, just like meditation, meditation is brutally hard for most people to start with and most people just don't get a good result from it. Those skills, those techniques require mastery. You have to practice them and you have to just commit to, okay, the next time I get a sensation or a feeling or a thought uh, or an urge to do something, I'm going to practice with one of those different steps. And they call that acting, uh, or, uh, I can't remember what the acronym means in the book, but uh, it's incredibly powerful if you practice that and it helps you to just disassociate from those thoughts, feelings, sensations and urges and not have them sabotage you or dictate the uh, actions in your life. That's really good. Yeah, I mean, I do something similar to that when coaching sessions when we've got to uh, remove trapped emotions, things that are holding you back, limiting beliefs, kind of take them through that you know, it's a 20, 25 minute process of meditating on it, shaping it, describing it and then kind of letting it letting it out um, and it, it works really well um, and, and something a, a book uh, that had a profound impact on me is Awaken the Giant Within Tony Robbins that's Tony like Robbins. the first book I read when yep. I was going through my uh, all that crap many years ago that kind of kickstarter and very similar to what you said in terms of uh, pattern interrupting the thought and making it comical um, so you can discredit as well you can, <coughs> you can discredit the thought yep uh, so you can then create on the back of that foundations of, of, of more logical and positive thought. Um, and you, you, you uh, systematically go through the thoughts that are limiting you and disempowering you. So becoming aware of them is, is probably the first thing, is yeah. the first step, is actually sitting in silence and listening to what these thoughts are, welcoming, pull it out of the subconscious, get it into the spotlight, 
and then be aware of them, write it out, know what they are, and then you can then you can start going to work on uh, playing them in your mind and, and giving them that comical uh, element to it or disrupting the thought pattern in some way and then start building the foundations to yeah. have a more empowering thought. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And here's the cool thing about all of that. It sounds like a lot of work and it, and it is in the beginning, you know, you got it's like how bad do you want to change the way you're thinking? How bad do you want a better result in your life? But it starts to become autonomous after a while. Like I've been doing that stuff for about a decade now and I don't have to often sit there. Sometimes I will get an, a reaction from something that's stressful in my life and I will get triggered and I'll go, whoa, how big is the feeling or the sensation linked to that thought? You know, that's really, and I might have to take a, a few minutes out to just go and take a, a couple of deep breaths and disassociate from it. But most of the time now, it happens almost autonomously for me. Yeah. I just think, wow, that was a silly thought or that was a silly, silly feeling. And, and I'm getting less and less and less of them now, you know, uh, especially around negativity. Uh, I find now that I have to wind down my positivity because people find it overwhelming to be around. Well, it's always you know? a perspective, you know, I know we're running way over. We'll probably got to wrap it up. But That's all right. Um, what I learned was that whatever is thrown at you in life, like shit's going to happen to you. People are going to do things to you. Situation's going to happen to you. But it's we always have a choice of how we're going to feel. Yeah. Like we are in control of that, and that's what we need to remind. That's what took me so long to realise that yep. we're in control of how we feel. Yeah. So it's the perception of the situation and choosing not to be angry, choosing not to be saddened by it, choosing not to be, you know, uh, frustrated by it. Um, there's a quote I'm trying to think of by Dalai Lama. Um, holding on to anger and frustration is like holding a hot coal with the intention of throwing it at someone. Yeah. The only person who's going to get hurt is yourself. And that's brilliant. That's, it's literally the, you deciding to hold on to uh, onto the, any sort of feeling is only hurting yourself. So you can choose, okay, you know what, I'm going to choose how I'm going to react to these things. And you can gradually change that. Um, way of thinking. Yeah, there's a really great book, and I'll, this is another book I'll share called Straight Line Leadership, which is all about choosing. And that was another book highly recommended by a previous mentor of mine, not Kerwin Raish, um, Sean Greeley, who's a, uh, still a great friend of mine. Um, and uh, he uh, he was telling me to read this book for a long time, and it's all about taking an empowering stance or a disempowering stance. And it's you know the co concept of are you a glass half full or a, a glass half empty type person. Everything that happens to you, you can take an empowering stance and learn from it, or you can take a disempowering stance and get crushed by it, or affected by it negatively, or swayed by it. You know, and and uh, that's another really really great book. Okay, so let's let's finish on um, just our favourite, maybe top five books that uh, we feel would benefit um, the audience. Linked to this topic, linked linked to this subject of being more productive, um, goal setting, achieving better in life, and things like that. Okay, well, I generally listen to a lot of podcasts these days, uh, so maybe I can throw a couple of those in. But yeah, absolutely. Definitely podcasts the, or books. Yeah, Waken the Giant Within, Tony Robbins. Yeah. Um, that is all about thought and rewiring your brain. Um, that was really had a really profound impact yep. on my life. Yep. I second that. I think it's a fantastic book. I've read it probably four or five times. Yeah, it's a big one. It's a lot of work. Uh, like, yeah, it's it's a bit of work, but as a... As a yeah, if you're in a place where you really need it, then it's great. Like if yep. you, 
Okay. Yep, absolutely. Uh, okay, um, I am a huge fan of Gary Keller's The One Thing. Um, I'm just going to rattle, rattle a few of these off straight away. The One Thing, The, the Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Um, Gary Keller's The One Thing. Atomic Habits, which extends on the back of that. Atomic Habits is yeah. new. That's only just come out recently, and yeah. it's something that I really want to read as well. Who's that, by? I'm reading that now. Uh, James Cleary, Cleary, that's right, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw him interviewed. Uh, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill is an all-star book that I've read uh, a dozen times, right and um, I am uh, uh, that book has helped me so much. Switch by Chip and Dan Heath, uh, which is all about creating new habits and and uh, and how to reverse engineer goals. That's a really really powerful book. Um, the Happiness Trap and uh, oh God, what's going to have the biggest value? Um, oh, extreme ownership, extreme ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Uh, it had had an absolutely profound impact on us and our team mm. here, and it's a really, really fun read. Uh, it's it's incredible how they relate experiences that they had on deployment, serving in the uh, American military, uh, and then how they relate that to business now and their life and life mm. in general. Um, it's, it's a very, very powerful book. Uh, you go. Uh, I'm just seeing podcast, uh, Impact Theory, Tom Bill Yu. Yep. Uh, man, that's unbelievable. Yeah, Brittany, really. you watched it? No. It, it's both on YouTube and podcast. Yep. Um, but yeah, basically just interviews the most awesome people yeah, on the face yeah. of this earth. And he's yep. a really, really good interviewer, really well researched, really smart guy. He's, he's the owner of, or he sold Quest. So he sold his portion of Quest. Uh, for like the a bars, bi- the health the, bars Yeah, for like stuff. a billion, yeah, yeah, yeah. a billion, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Uh, it was about a billion dollars. He sold his part of it. Yeah, wow. It's a good story because like in six years he went from battling, uh, he, I think he battled and then he had a business, got out of that and then started Quest and they just went, phew, in yeah. six years, uh, became a billionaire. But he now does uh, yeah, Impact Theory. It is really, really good. Yeah, uh, I'm going to get onto that. Um, I'm a huge fan of Seth Godin's blog, uh, uh, podcast, sorry. What's it called? Um... It's got a funny name. Starts with an H. Anyway, if any, if any of you listeners know, um, shoot that in the comments. Uh, and also, um, uh, Brendan Burchard's um, got a good podcast the as Brendan well. Show, that's, yeah. that's really good. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Very, very good. All right, guys, we've left you with a whole lot of things that you can implement and uh, get started with straight away. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure having Scott on the show. Thank you very much, brother. Uh, I think we should get him back. Smash the like button if you think we should get Scott back. Um, this could be like a regular, regular thing that we do every couple of months. Uh, as I said, guys, we got some really good ho- uh, guests lined up. Um, next month in February, we've got Ben Pakulski, BPAC, the um, ex-Olympia bodybuilder, back on the show. Uh, then in March, we've got Two, three amazing movers. We've got uh, Joachim, uh, who's uh, Rad's flexibility coach and one of the most incredible movers I've ever seen coming over from Belgium. Uh, then after that, a week after that, we have Daniel Vadnell and uh, Simon Ata from uh, Monster Strength and Fitness FAQs on the show. Um, and then we've got a couple of great guests lined up um, from that point on as well. So Uh, Keep tuning in and uh, we're going to keep bringing you epic content. I hope you like the show today. Uh, Any final thoughts? No, that's great. Yeah, Yeah, good discussion. Um, You guys are doing a great job. 
awesome. on what you're doing. So keep it up. You're obviously clearly impacting people and the growth in the in the channel and the podcast and the community and tribe that you're building. Yep. Uh, oh my god! So congratulations. Before we go, where can we find you? So um, uh, your show, your YouTube channel, which is fairly new, um, is uh, just Scott Swalwell. You, pretty uh, much YouTube. Scott Swalwell. Uh, yeah, Scott Swalwell on YouTube, Instagram. Uh, my website scottswell.com anyone yep. interested in coaching you can jump on there I've still got slots available yep. uh, for that and you've got uh, um, you've also got a a program that's just started up that's your uh, that we were discussing earlier that's your one on one coaching program is that what you just said did I just miss do that do one on one coaching personal coaching so um, yeah you can jump across to scottswallow.com and check it out there yep um, but yeah, pretty much just Scott Swell. Yeah, awesome. Yep. Fantastic, guys. All right, look, uh, that was awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I learned a lot from that session, and I hope you guys did too. Next week, we're going to be rip it, wrapping it up. Uh, we actually have a public holiday here for Australia Day on Monday. We're doing a workout in the morning here. Rad's going to be back. But then the show will kick off again from Tuesday onwards, and we're going to be going uh, deep into... Uh, pain psychology with Phil and we're going to be going deeper into the concept of visualization and the science behind it which is tying into what we've been talking about here today very very well so I hope you guys are excited for that until then for all of you in Australia have a fantastic weekend and for everyone in America sucked in you've got one more day of work uh, <laughs> we'll see you soon thanks for joining us live Karina Blakely and um, uh, Bioxid, I can't remember. I know that that's a member from our gym, and I know that Phil told me yesterday, and I'm terrible at remembering people's names, um, but I will see you soon. Hannah, thank you very much for joining us. Guys, it's been a pleasure, and I hope you've really enjoyed that um, goal-setting 2020 series. Uh, we've enjoyed delivering it. See you, th see you soon, guys. Take care. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're gonna have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that it's far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.